a bit narrower than my old desk. So oh. I feel like everything's like ah, right in my face. Right in your face. <laughs> There's my old desk. It's so it's blurry. There. I can't see it. Oh well. <laughs> your your hip virtual background is yes ruining that experience for me. Sorry about that. Apology accepted. <laughs> uh, hi, Dustin. Hey, Uber. How are you doing? I'm good. How's your How's your desk situation? Narrow and weird. Yeah, hard to get used to. It's weird because this desk has like drawers underneath, so you'd think like, oh, cool, you can store stuff in there. Yeah. But I'm also like, oh, but it's actually kind of too short for my chair to roll under. Right. So, so I have to like lower my chair, but then I feel like I'm looking up at the camera, so I have to raise the thing. But now I can't get close enough to the desk, and it's just like ah, it's just a hassle to try to figure it all out. So, is this a temporary desk situation, or are you? Is this? Is this? How's no, it be? I, I, I got, I got a, I got a new desk that was, uh, free. And so I swapped it out. I like the look of it better, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm not sure functionality wise that it's going to work. So, but also I'm like, ah, I don't want to have to move everything again. So I'm sure you can relate to a much greater degree than, than me moving items off of a desk and onto a new desk. But, uh, but yeah. Well, when, when I got this, this desk is my wife's and, um, Mm. the one I had before was like this old, like actual wooden desk and it was wide. And I had back when I had the iMac and, um, and it's just the, the, the leather on the top of it had torn and it just looked like a, you know, like you'd peeled half an, you know, you peel an orange and it's just got this big hole in it. It's like, this looks bad. And I was like, but it's in the, the middle of it where it was bracing the weight was like bowing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's going to break. So we got rid of it before that. Cause I bought that desk when I still lived um, with my brother, when we first started the mm-hmm. podcast. And um, before that, my desk was just a table. It was like a, mm-hmm. it was like a six seater, like, yeah, yeah. like dinner table, <laughs> you know, wow. that, that was just a nice big, wide. I, I missed that thing. Yeah. That thing was, that thing was great. It was, it was wedged in a corner. Just like this one is now, but it was huge. Yeah. It had a hutch and I had my computer, I had a TV up here. I had my desk here and I had my laptop down here recording on GarageBand. Is, is that the one that you had in college at some point? No, I never had something like that in college. Oh, okay. I just, um, I had some sort of dinky little, like a little desk that was just big enough to fit a laptop in college. Gotcha. Um, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I can't remember where that thing went. But yeah, it's been a desk journey. One day I'll have a grand desk again, but we just don't have the space for it. And, right, you right. know, uh, we won't for a while. So right. <laughs> I'm just I, I, stuck I, I with this guy. Like, I'm going to build my own desk. Like, I'm going I'm to build it and it's going to be epic. It's going to have everything that I need. And then I'm like, I don't want to build it. No, the, the dream for me one day is to have some sort of like massive corner set up, like similar yeah. to what I have at work where it's just a, a large corner cubicle. Cause I have yeah. three monitors at work and I want to have yeah. a similar, and it's like a, a circular desk. So there's no mm-hmm. corners to, so I want to have a similar setup because just doing the show would be so much easier. Oh, Being yeah. able to have some sort of boom come down from a, a higher component, um, off the keyboard and, you know, it's a little less complicated than this whole, you know, get setup I've got going on right now. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, that's some uh, that's a little desk desk chat for you guys. Yeah. On the podcast this week, um, we're going to get into some quick film news um, here and there. We're going to review Raya and the Last Dragon, and I want to talk about uh, <laughs> a little a little lesson in uh, an online uh, fan engagement um, at the end of this episode. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to start off with this um, article on IGN. Just a quick little news blurb here. HBO Max, 
and it says announce. I think the correct term would be announces, but sure. Ads in uh, an ad supported tier without theatrical releases. So it, the long, you know, the, the things in the show notes, I'm not going to read it to you. There's no price. There's no pricing in here yet. There's nothing to read. It's just a bunch yeah. of blah, 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 fill, 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 ads, ads, ads. Yeah. So, um, but the, the gist of this intrigues me because, you know, um, this is smart. And I, yeah. when I tweeted this article out, what I said was every streaming service should be tiered because yeah. it's $14.99 a month. And that's a lot of money to pay for yeah, streaming yeah. services. The same with Netflix. Yeah. Um, and you know, I wouldn't be mad at Netflix for doing a similar thing and, you know, dropping, giving someone a lower tier with some ads for four ninety nine yeah. or something. I, I would personally, uh, I don't mind it when Hulu does it. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have the lowest Hulu plan. Me too. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm cool with this and, and now I'm not going to do it because the yes. other, the other thing that I, I said was it's smart because you, you pull people in who don't want to, who don't have that much cash on hand, especially during the pandemic. Like yep. I, I had a friend, uh, who, who quit the news and, um, and became apparently became like a, a, a social media influencer. And I heard okay. that this person was working back in the news and I was like, how'd that happen? Like what happened to being an influencer? And someone mentioned like that kind of thing only really works when people have extra money to spend. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, you know? So I was like, Oh, that's a good point. Um, that was, I could have, could have just given you the last sentence. The last one didn't matter. Um, right. But uh, um, the point of it being that, like, when people don't have extra money to spend, it's perfect to have a, a cheap ad-supported tier for your customer base. Um, but you have people like me who are like, that's great. I support it. But here I am, Dustin, having a nuanced opinion. I support yes. this fully. I don't need it because I'm going to pe- keep paying full price. You know why? Because of those same day theatrical releases. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and it, it makes good business sense to say like, here's a, essentially a starter package mm-hmm. so that then, uh, Hey, I want to get rid of these ads. Yep. I'd like to see Godzilla day of, yep. okay, cool. Now I'll, I'll fork over the cash. Um, it's like, it's like a drug dealer. I'm gonna give you just a little a bit, a little bit, just a taste, but, uh, check out what else I got. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you can get this meth without ads. Yeah, you can get this meth that isn't cut with uh, baking soda. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he's it, exactly right. If you're like a lower tier subscriber, you'll be like, "Oh, this is cool. I'll get some movies." And then, then they'll 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 banner add you on like your 17th login. Like, hey, you want to see the Matrix? And you'll go, yeah. Oh, oh, I do. Right, right. <laughs> I, I do. I want to see that. <laughs> right. How can I see that? Yes. Um, anyway, so that, that's a little piece of news in case you didn't know, um, here it comes. Speaking of streaming and, uh, uh, premium tiers and all that stuff, premium T I E R, um, although maybe some T E A R S, how do you spell tiers? I'm spelling tiers so many different ways. That's it. Uh, also on IGN, Black Widow, Disney CEO insists the movie will arrive on May 7th in theaters. This was during one of those quarterly earning calls or the shareholder meetings that Bob Chapek, the CEO of Disney, Reiterated, um, Black Widow currently set for release in theaters on May 7th. Um, just, and this is really just relevant as like a little bellwether for, for how things are going. You know, you have at least Disney confident in, um, confident in the, the theater model enough to say, we're not going to put Black Widow. We delayed it a, a lot. We're not putting it because for a while it was just big speculation. We talked about yeah. how, um, I can see them doing both. Um, yep. And, and so yep. I'm 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 not shocked that they're staying in theaters. I'm just shocked in that. Oh, I guess I expected them to do both. Sure. Um, 
But uh, I don't know if that has to do with money for these premium access uh, releases and how they're doing, you know, box office or, you know, whatever the equivalent of the box office now is. Um, yeah. Uh, Chapek spoke about the company's commitment to releasing it on the big screen, though he also acknowledged that the situation required ongoing surveillance with strategies being reassessed if and when required. The company's considerations reportedly include the status of theater closures as well as audience demand for the theatrical experience. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he he doesn't think he and now simultaneously, Bob Chapek does not think that we're going back to the old theater model ever again. Yeah. So yeah, while yeah. he's saying this is what the plan for this film, um, y- you know, he's also saying yeah. th- things things have changed for good, you know, in yeah. a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm glad that they have held this film for as long as they have, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and hopefully it'll get good, like a good turnout. Um, it may be the return to theaters that you know after vaccination, a lot of people feel like, oh, I can do things now. People, and the so article actually go. mentioned the return to theater that Tenet was supposed to be six months ago. Remember when Tenet came out? It was like movies yeah. are back, baby. Movies are back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, never mind. They're no, not, not. And people are still very sick. Right. Exactly. What an ill-conceived. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Talk about just like just calling the game early. Like, no, 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 right, no, no. Right. Like it's a bit of a, you, bit, think, of a bit of a backwards mentality. You think there. filmmakers and studios of all people would know not to do that because in movies, yeah. it's always like, whoo, how? I can't, I bet that, how, how can this get any worse? And then it does. Yeah. Cut to. You, you think the, the, the <laughs> filmmakers would be hyper aware of. <laughs> making that sort of call before you really know. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, man. Um, speaking uh, again, we're flying through this film news, but there's not much to say. I mean, we've, we've talked about all sure. these issues, you know, over and over again on the podcast. So I'm just sort yeah. of following up mostly and, and keeping tabs on stuff that I promised to keep tabs on. Sure. Something interesting here from the guardian, um, this is an interview with the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe Russo. It says Marvel directors, the Russo brothers, quote, the Avengers films were a powerful political tool at the right time. So this is mostly a um, them talking about their new film, Cherry, with Tom Holland that is not doing well critically, but nevertheless mm-hmm. is you know, getting a whole lot of press because it's the Russo brothers and it's Tom Holland and Tom Holland is everywhere. Tom Holland, you can't yep. escape Tom Holland. You go to sleep, bam, yeah. there he is right there in your dreams. There he is in your dreams. <laughs> you know, at the, at the, <laughs> uh, he's, he's absolutely everywhere. Um, yeah. And it's starting to bother me. Um, so <laughs> again, so most of this article is going to be about cherry. So I'm more interested, um, at the, uh, the, the very, end of this, they mentioned something. So this is not really, it's the headline, but it's not the focus of the article at all, but it's simultaneously sure. what I'm most interested in. It says beneath the spectacle and spandex, their subsequent Marvel movies grappled with similar political thematics as the Russos put it. It's mostly about how cherries, you know, really tackles the issue of the opioid crisis and pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies and veterans. And, you know, um, yeah. so they transitioned that to, this is kind of what they were doing with the Marvel movies. If you, if you didn't notice, uh, their Avengers saga could be, could more, could be more reflective of their times than they are given credit for. Uh, quote, those movies are very much about what went on in this country over the past four years, Joe asserts. They were about standing up for what you believe in, irrespective of the, of the cost, and I think we're losing sight of that. For some reason, in the UK and the US, some of the worst people were being attracted to politics and were representing us collectively. It was affecting our collective mental health, and it was reflecting poorly on our character. 
Uh, we believe strongly that the reach in those movies was so significant that they could be influential in helping people make potentially better decisions. We thought that they were a really powerful tool at exactly the right time. Um, uh, and, and, you know, and, and how they're not closing the door with Marvel because, you know, you, there might be, you know, there might be other Russo stuff on the horizon for us because it's, yeah. uh, Joe says it's towing in its wake, a lot of socially conscious and politically conscious films when talking about, you know, Marvel. So people talk, some people talk slash complain, uh, that Hollywood is very progressive and liberal and all that stuff. And that's, I mean, if you want to, you know, distill it down to that, well, yes, it is. Um, uh, and how that's indoctrinating or whatever. Um, but you know, they still pay to see these movies and they still, you know, (laughs) they still watch them and whatever. Um, uh, so I, I don't know about you, but I, so an article like this could be validating for those people where they may read it and say, you see, you see, they're, they're trying to get us to talk about the Obamas, you know, or, mm-hmm. or whatever they want yeah, to say yeah, yeah. or, 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 or whatever. They don't like Donald Trump or whatever. And, sure. you know, you know, like it or not, I mean, we knew several years ago that Thanos is a big allegory for climate change. Um, mm. I didn't want to see, but I knew I'd see it at some point. Some hero ironically said, um, put, did a bunch of face replacements on the, the very end of Endgame where, um, Trump is Thanos and Captain America is Joe Biden <laughs> and a bunch <laughs> of people showing up and it's just all the Democrats and it's Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And it's just yeah, all yeah. the, you know, and it's like, Oh, thank God the Democrats are here to save us from Donald Trump and his horrible infinity gauntlet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which I can totally see an infinity gauntlet in Donald Trump's penthouse. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so I, I, I guess I mentioned all this to sort of point out like, y- yes, like people are going to derive that sort of meaning from films. That's sort of the point is you, you interpret them how you wish to interpret them. That's yeah. kind of their power. You, you fill the movies with your subconsciousness, like, you know, like, like inception, like Chris Nolan. Yeah. That's literally what inception is about. It's, 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 it's about filmmaking. Um, so when I see news like this, I I think of those people first, like, there you go. It's spelled out right there for you. But I also go, what did, I mean, how do you, I don't know what to say, except like, I, I, I see reaction to stuff like that. And I think like, is there something wrong that, that people are trying to make movies about let's do the right thing. Let's stand up for what we believe in. You know, yeah. it, you don't have to. You don't have to be like a conservative and hate the Avengers because the people who made it don't like Donald yeah. Trump. Because to, to to me, Thanos is just Thanos, and he's bad, mm-hmm. and he stands for very bad things. And these are characters yeah. I love that stand for good things. I don't. The allegory is great. Um, that's another layer of uh, of tastiness on this uh, on this cinematic uh, cake. But. Um, yeah. But I, I'm here for the characters first, and and I, I don't I'm not offended or put off by someone else's interpretation of it, uh, as it were. I don't know. How do you react to to seeing it to seeing that the, you know this little bit? Do you have a strong reaction uh, to that at all? Uh, no, I don't have a strong reaction. But I would say that I feel like uh, you you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? That films are subjective, and you bring to them uh, whatever your uh, point of view is. And so as a, as a viewer, you 
view things in a certain way. Just like if you're reading a book as a, as a reader, you read specific things into the book. And it's not to say that it isn't there and you're just like making it up. It's to say that you will read a certain segment of words and weight that more heavily than other sections of words. And suddenly the book means something different to you than it might to me. It's in the text, right? In both cases, it's just uh, one of us might take something a little deeper from it. Uh, likewise, with with film, you know, we've talked before. Like a good example is uh, uh, Logan, right? Like I, you, you had a very strong reaction to Logan. I did um, emotional reaction to Logan. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't have that, um, and that's not to say that uh, one is right or one is wrong. It's to say that in in a film, you read into it, you insert yourself into it, into good film, you insert yourself into it, and, and it, it becomes something to you um, that, that it may not become to somebody else. Somebody else may enjoy it and say, oh, it's heroes versus villains, and but you're looking at it and saying, oh, it's climate change, right, or whatever, and, and both interpretations may be equally valid. Um, but there is no right. There is no wrong. Um, I think that as far as the Avengers being a political tool, um, you know, maybe that's something that the Russo's intended. Um, it's not something that I took from the film. No. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. I saw it more as a, um, like, so politics never crossed my mind while watching the film. No. Uh, m- morality yeah. may have, yeah. uh, but but politics didn't. And I think that there is a distinction, at least in my brain, of politics and morality uh, such that I can think of one without the other. Right. Um, so, so for me, I'm watching it saying, look at these characters like, you know, Steve Rogers is doing what's right, you know, you know all the way back to standing up to bullies um, and never – never giving up, never, you know, never letting them defeat him. And so you see these acts of strength and these acts of morality, you know, I'm going to sacrifice myself here for the greater good, says Tony Stark as he enters a wormhole in the first Avengers film. Um, and, and so, you know, you, you have these moments there, they're morality tales to me. Um, but for somebody who wants to see politics in them, I, I would say this, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, but I think you're looking at it the most boring way possible. So congrats. Um, so anyway, that, that, that's where I come at it is like, like why, why insert politics if you don't have to? And maybe that's just cause I'm bored by politics, but, yeah. uh, but like to me, that's the most boring way possible to, to enjoy a movie about, you know, a, a dude in a high power technological suit that shoots laser beams is to think of people inside of a room sitting and voting on things. Which Democratic member of the Senate does this character represent? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, he's shooting freaking laser beams from his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not thinking about this. Who is Cole Obsidian? Is Obsidian, is he Ted Cruz? Is he, right. <laughs> is he, the, is he one of the other ones? Right. Right. And I'm like, he's an alien with powers. I I don't care. Yeah. I, t- to me, the Avengers movies and Marvel movies and blockbuster movies are, I mean, I think that for, you know, for, for you know, knowing the politics of most of the people involved in those films, Marvel has done a really good job of being pretty apolitical with the movies. You sure. could argue that there's like a social agenda and, and, and it's, it's kind of, 
duh, you know, look yeah, at Captain yeah. Marvel. That movie was, sure. was a social, it's social agenda, the movie, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's certainly a social agenda, but I, I go back to, you know, that, that thing about, uh, my friend who, who, who took issue with Black Panther because it was like, it was it, to him, it was too overly like, look how, look how great black people are. Let's not forget how good black people are. And it's like, well, but, but the, but the setting are. is Africa. Well, they are great. <laughs> but like, and these, these particular yeah. black people are pretty are exceptionally super, great. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 and it has to be black people because it's like central Africa. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just, it was just a strange, uh, that's such a, still a silly conversation. I can't believe that happened, but yeah. You know, just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, you know, I, I take all the issues that that person had with Black Panther and put it into Captain Marvel and you've got yourself an agreement from me. Like, yeah, you're right. Right, right. The the politics of that film overrode the plot and the character and it was only, a, it was it was heavily a social message and, and not enough heart, not enough apolitical attention paid to the character. 100% agree. And they haven't really done that since. Um, every yeah, other movie I've, Marvel done has done that's been lackluster has been because it's just the script needs some more punching up like Ant-Man and the Wasp or something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I agree. And Captain Marvel is the opposite. It's it's so heavy on yeah. like theme, theme and preaching yeah. that it that it kind of loses what makes Marvel Marvel. Yeah. Like the reason we all love Marvel is for its escapism and its and its humor and its uh, you know, fun and its morality. And I think that there's something that you can tell about Captain Marvel that hits all of those points while still proving the point that, you know, they're trying to prove. But but to start in that center dart doesn't work because you can't work your way out of it. You can only work your way into it. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's the, that, that's my problem with it, but yeah. Um, anyways, that's just a little bit of that with the Russo brothers. Um, all right, yeah. we're going to hit an early break. Uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about what's new this weekend on streaming. Um, we're going to talk, I'll give you a quick recommendation on something on Disney Plus. We're going to talk about Raya and the Last Dragon and uh, a couple of other tidbits uh, after that if there's time, which we'll try to make time for. That's why we're doing yeah. the break now. Right back yeah. on the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Welcome back to the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Um, if you're interested in Twitter, which if you're not, that's cool. You're not alone. Uh, but I'm, I'm on, there. on it, but I'm not interested. Yeah, I've been tagging <laughs> Dustin left and right for like the last two weeks, and I've gotten zero response because I forgot he doesn't really use it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I basically delete it off my phone and yeah. then download it like just randomly. Oh, right. I should check Twitter today, and I download it, yeah. check it delete it yeah <laughs> dustin's dustin it, it's like a it's like a weekly newspaper for dust yeah pretty much i just sit down <sighs> flop it open uh while you drink your coffee uh, you don't read the paper or drink coffee dustin i don't drink coffee either man what what do you do drink- that's conventionally <laughs> wow this sounds really insulting forgive the forgive, <laughs> forgive the wording what do you do that's conventionally masculine dustin uh you know <laughs> 
oh, you know, just, you just open the hood, fall of your asleep car. in front of the television. The television and, that's good. Yeah, you know, eat eat sandwiches with bacon on it. Mm. You do that, dude. I, I had a, I hit a record the other day. Right. I, I I think it was like two or three weeks ago. I had I had bacon almost every day of the week. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. Well, I had um we had five guys tonight. Oh. There's no bacon on it, but uh, it, I had oh. some. It was the first five guys I've had in like th- five years. <laughs> it's so good. It's needlessly expensive, sure. but it's so good. Yeah, two burgers and 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 then one medium order fries cost me almost twenty dollars. But right, it's it like so good. It is good. It is good. <laughs> it's amazing. And if five guys wanted to sponsor this and send us free food, like yeah. I would, even if they didn't want to send us free food. Yeah, I, I would. I would eat there. Let's knock a few dollars off that insanely high price tag. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like eh, if I can go to Wendy's and get a burger for five dollars, and I'm not going to do it the same for eleven. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I talking? Something about oh Twitter. Twitter. Okay, yeah. Connor go ahead, underscore Twitter. Dempsey. Um, yeah. Um, I don't okay. even know my handle. Yeah. Uh, Dustin me. Weldon. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It's there all over go. third somewhere and in a file I have. So that's hey, I resurrected my letterbox. Oh, you did? I did. I've been logging some a few things. Okay. Uh, What's that? I have I have no reason to do that. I just sure. Did it. But that's just Dustin Welder on Letterboxd? Yeah, I'll I'll fall off of it, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Well then we shouldn't have mentioned it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um well, if you if you want some other loose commitments, um, you can check out uh, tvguide.com and look at what's uh, what's new to streaming. This weekend, of course, the big winner for me, at least, is Falcon and the Winter Soldier debuting its uh, premiere episode this weekend on Disney+. Plus. So that will be pretty sweet. Um, we also need to mention the big, giant, super elephant in the room. Uh, okay. Oh, well, we will. Hold on. Uh, I'm okay, going to get okay. to it. So um, nothing really on Hulu that I'm interested in. We got Amazon. I doubt there's anything that they've got going on. No, words on bathroom walls. I don't even know what that means. Uh, there's Disney Plus <laughs> with uh, all of that stuff. Um, there's a new season of Big Hero 6 this series dro- dropping on the same day as Falcon and Winter Soldier. My kids will enjoy oh, that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course on HBO max this weekend. Um, uh, so, you know, Friday's the 19th, but Thursday we have the release of Zack Snyder's justice league, the Snyder cut, um, the four hour long, um, revision of that film. Um, now Gosh, four hours, uh, four hours. So, uh, there's reviews in and there's stuff being announced or stuff is sort of buzzed. There's, there's just speculation around what Warner brothers wants to do based on the people who have seen the Snyder cut. Um, we'll get more into this a little bit later, um, after the the reviews, but I just wanted to touch on that sort of thing real quick. I also want to make a quick recommendation. If you enjoyed WandaVision, um, or if you, you know, enjoyed, mostly enjoyed WandaVision or whatever, if you want to know more about WandaVision, um, if you were interested in WandaVision, you should check out the Marvel Studios Assembled, the making of WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. It, it, uh, they dropped it the week after, so, you know, the Friday between the two shows. Yep. Um, and uh, I really enjoy um, the gallery, the making of episodes about The Mandalorian. 
Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the docu-series about the making of Frozen 2, even though I don't like that movie really at all. Uh, the making of is really <laughs> fascinating, and I I, yeah. I I still enjoy it. I don't have to like the movie to enjoy yeah. watching the process. And this is essentially, yeah. what, about one hour was it, Dustin? Yeah, right about an hour. And uh, I, I liked it. I just liked seeing the sets. I liked seeing, I liked hearing the actors talk about their roles. I liked hearing the creators. I liked seeing all the behind the scenes of them shooting all the sitcom stuff with the audience and the sets yeah. and and how they decided very consciously to make all the effects period appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. I was just real into that. So that's on Disney plus if people want to see it. You saw that, right? I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's just, it's just fascinating to watch mm-hmm. how it is assembled. Yeah. yeah. Was that, was that an intentional pun? Yeah, it was. Oh, um, well, uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll just move right on to our uh, our review tonight. So I I, I gave um, very preliminary thoughts last week about this, but now we're going to full blown review this movie. Now that Dustin has seen it, the film is Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye. My daughter, I believe our people can come together again, but someone has to take the first step. Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon. I wish to join this fellowship of butt kickery. Let's go. All right, that's a little bit from the trailer of Riot and the Last Dragon. This is currently on Disney Plus uh, Premier Access. Uh, it will cost you twenty nine ninety nine. Plus tax uh, to um, to view it, to have unlimited access to it until it just drops on Disney Plus for free, and then your money mm-hmm. is it's gone. Worthless. Yep. Um, so yeah, we both saw this. We both obviously paid the fee. Now I said last week that I would give this a three and a half star. Um, I watched this with three other people. So, um, I feel like my money was well spent for the experience I got. Um, and my kids have watched it several times since. Um, and, uh, and so we'll, I'll talk, I'll give more of my reasons for my rating, uh, a little bit later. I'll harmonize on Dustin's, but for now, um, Dustin, what would you, what would you, what would you give this movie? Yeah, I'd say three stars. Um, It seems like um, I'm giving three stars to a lot of things now. But uh, but yeah, three stars. Um, My wife and I watched it. Um, You know, I I think the price tag is a little high for what you get with just two people. Um, But it's it's not bad. I mean, you know, if you treat it like, you know, she and I would have gone to the theaters to see this regardless. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, let's say 12 bucks a ticket um, is twenty four dollars. Yeah. you know, I mean, by the time you buy popcorn and whatever else, like, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm spending about the same. I would not recommend any one person spend this kind of money on these premium releases, though. I don't care no. how, I don't care how bad you want to see the film. It, it is objectively a waste of money I, unless I, I you agree. can't get to a theater. I agree. And I think especially for this film, like I don't think this is a $30 film. Right. Um, it may end up equating to a $30 experience um, if that's what you're into, but it is not a $30 film. Right. Um, so yeah, but, but three stars, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my, my big overview of, of this, and I didn't really prepare much because I don't feel like there's 
like there wasn't a lot that I loved and there also wasn't a lot that I hated. So it just feels like it it's going to be maybe one of those Disney movies that I just forget about, like Chicken Little. It just it exists and I don't remember it. Right. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can talk about the plot. Um, Ryan, the last dragon. Uh, obviously centers around uh, both Ryan and the last dragon um, who is uh, Sisu is the dragon's name. So Raya is voiced by Kelly Marie Tran and Aquafina voices Sisu. Um, They're uh, they live in this war torn country. um, uh, The name of which I don't remember. Um, and, and hold on, I can look it up. I forgot uh, something with a K, right? Kumandra. Kumandra. So, so they live in Kumandra, and Kumandra is split up by different factions, uh, which live at war with one another um, ever since the dragons died off. Um, there is a small little piece of dragon magic that's still alive, and Raya is a protector of that dragon magic. And when she makes a mistake very early on as a child. Um, that dragon magic uh, gets stolen and is uh, and it sort of plunges the world into this Mad Max level of apocalyptic shenanigans. Yeah, um, which essentially allows this ancient evil that killed the dragons in the first place to come back and sort of be, become a, a renewed plague upon what remains of their fractured country. Exactly. And so it becomes Raya's job to restore the magic, find the last dragon, and, uh, you know, bring Kumandra together. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's not a bad plot. Like, if, if you handed that to me on a piece of paper, I'd say, okay. Yeah. When you take the, the basic plot structure, like, here's here's the MacGuffins, here's the goal, here's the, you know, the, the mystical elements, and the theme is all going to be wrapped around, you know, teamwork and trust and unity and, you yeah. know, about, um, you know, you know, mischaracterizations and stuff like that. Like it's a solid, it's a solid um, premise and it's a solid theme with which to bring to that premise. Yeah. Um, I think that the animation is really good. Yes. I, agree. Um, I think that the, um, the character arc of Raya is, uh, is, I, I, I always I always hesitate to say the word fresh or new or interesting or, or different because like we've seen these sorts of things in movies across the board but like I can't I'm trying to think of you know uh, I mean it's Disney it's 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 gonna be a light positive arc but you know yeah. you've got a character that goes from a very untrusting uh, cynical negative type of person who is pushed to make a positive change in the way that she uh, views. Um, the, the other people in, in her surroundings. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great arc. I feel like they, they needed to hammer home where she's at a little better. Yep. Like, um, you have, you have these moments. So I guess we should probably just go full spoiler at this point. Um, okay. So three and three and a half stars for the film. Yeah. So if you, I guess we'd say if you're, if you live alone, I would not pay for this film. I'd wait for it to come to Disney plus for yeah. free, for freebsies. Uh, yeah, unless you'll be there in a few months, I'm sure. Yeah. You can wait for this one. There's no need to rush out and see it. But if you are, if you have, uh, if you have someone watching with you or if you have a house full of kids like me, it becomes more and more worth the flat fee. Yeah. Um, yeah. so if, if you got kids, I would say, yeah, go ahead and do it. Especially if you've been 
if you're sick of, if you watch the whole back catalog of the service during, during the pandemic and yeah. you're just desperate for something new for your kids to watch, like I was, um, pay the $30, you sure. know, it's, 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 it won't ruin your kids <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it won't fill their heads with garbage. Yeah. Like, uh, like some movies do. Uh, right. all right. So full blown spoilers for, for, for Raya then. Yeah. So Raya, we, we see initially she makes this fatal mistake of trusting somebody, mm-hmm. um, and she's betrayed. Yeah. Um, so, so she is a trusting person, I guess by nature. Yeah. Um, she's betrayed and that starts her down this. She, she was brought up spiral. to be trusting in the beginning yes. of the movie. She's, 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 she's cynical, but the world she's brought up in is war torn and these people are enemies. And and it's her, it's her father who is set, who is idealistic and says, yeah, but we're going to change that because I don't think that we're as broken as we think we are. And I'd like to appeal to their better nature. And it's, it's this experience with the other tribes and the, and them and the the fracturing of the the dragon stone that reinforces her negative worldview, the the lie that the character believes, if you will. And, um, yeah, sets her on this path. Yeah, and I think I think what what then happens is you know you would expect at that point when we flash forward six years to like see her you know on her own doing this thing, but the problem is to me she never really felt like she was on her own. She obviously had Tuk Tuk who was there with her, and then she meets Sisu in like pretty much the first scene we see her grown yeah. up in, um, and then from there it just becomes like this chase to like find the next piece and the next piece and she meets new people along the way, but it never feels like she fights that too hard. It's like, she just kind of like finds these people and you'd expect if you're trying to like hammer home where she's at emotionally, that she would have more of a reluctance or, or just a, a unabashed like hatred for, spending time with people um, and, and, a, and a distrust that, that manifests itself beyond just saying like, I don't know. Um, but, but as it is, it's like, I guess she kind of does trust people because she's certainly working with a lot of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think while it's a great arc and, and on paper, it's great. And I could see like, as a writer, you sit down and you say, okay, what are, what, what's our character got to learn? What's their flaw? And somebody says, well, she needs to learn to trust people. It's like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. That's great. Yeah, she starts trusting and then she's not and then she is again. And it's like, yeah, but how do you how do you write to you're, you're doing two things. You're now tasked with the uh, uh, this impossible challenge of making somebody seem like a loner who doesn't trust anybody. Mm hmm. And making her by the film's own structure have to continually team up with people, uh, more and more people until finally she learns like, hey, trust people again. And so and so the only way that they found to like shake that notion is that at the, you know, towards act three, we're going to have another betrayal, which makes her even worse. And so now she like leaves these people behind. But it's like. That's kind of too little too late. Um, I would expect her to be in that headspace at the beginning of the film, not just in the third act. Um, so so I, I, I took a, a few issues with the way that they the way that they characterized her arc and the way that she, I think it was just muddled in, in what she actually wanted or or whatever. And and again, I think you would just 
at least my brain is I would expect her to fight against these people. And so it feels more like she would become like she would work solo up until she has her change of heart. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's just what I would do. I don't know that that's the right thing. I think that the movie certainly suffers from, uh, it's, you know, being light on characters. Like it's, it's, it introduces several, but it's light on the connection that I'm, I wanted to feel with the characters. Yeah. Um, and you know, you and mean I, between each other, between me and the characters, but also, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel much emotional depth in this movie yeah. at all. And, yeah, you know, yeah. granted, okay, kids movie, whatever, you know, like the, you know, and, and this is sort of where I feel like Disney is not on the level of Pixar. Um, you know, you can get into the technical aspects of animation or character design, whatever that's subjective but when you get into emotional depth pixar is much better at 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 creating this emotional depth within the story to where adults can find meaning in these movies you know genuine meaning as they would for any other you know high concept yeah. drama um and yet children still enjoy it like i can yeah. watch wally and and feel like a swell of pride for 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 humanity when the captain defeats Otto and mm. you know brings the ship back or in toy story 3 or in the incredibles like there was there's moments in those films that that get me emotional and the only way that happens it's not because the animation's so good it's because the script is and um yeah. and disney admittedly and it could very well be that you know their aim is you know we need to keep it a little lighter because these are primarily for kids. But to me, it's like, yeah. you're trying to hit the same audience. Disney yeah. and Pixar is going for the same audience. And while, you know, Disney generally is going for more fantasy based, you know, traditionally structured things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still think that they should have emotional depth. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back, what's the last Disney movie that was, you know, within on, under the new studio leadership that was, that was made that way. And I'm thinking like, it might've been tangled or, or yeah, maybe tangled. like Wreck-It Ralph, maybe, you know, like even, yeah. even Wreck-It Ralph isn't like a stellar example, but you know, that's a solid, that's a really good character arc and that's really yeah. creative and yeah. inventive. And it's, it's pretty new. Like the, the idea of, uh, you know, a, a bad, a, a video game, bad guy reaching self-acceptance, you know, self-actualizing through self-acceptance that's actually pretty fresh. I can't think of another Disney movie that's about self accept You know, it's, it's a relevant yeah. arc and it's yeah. not an arc yeah. that would have been explored before that film was made because that wasn't in the social consciousness yet. Yeah, we yeah. weren't a whole into hugging the cactus and loving ourselves before Wreck-It yeah. Ralph was made, at least on, on, you know, in animation, at least it was all about, sure. you know, being who you are and all that stuff. Sure. But his was a very therapeutic, like I yeah. have, this is my purpose and I'm comfortable with my, with my purpose, with my function. Um, yeah. and, but, but, but on a more traditional level, I, tangled, tangled is a very yeah. traditional structure and if, and it, and it is be who you are, follow your dream, you know, self-actualize, get out of the tower, go see the world, yeah. you know, be who you're meant to be. That's yeah. a very generic and it's very fantastical because it's Rapunzel, but yep. they drew the character in such a way and the relationship with me between Rapunzel and the viewers and Rapunzel and Flynn Rider and, um, and her, her, her long lost parents. It, they did so much. They did, they did a great job, uh, with that film. And so to me, that's still the gold standard of, um, 
of how you do traditionally structured modern Disney animated films from a character standpoint. You can give me action and a fun, fantastical realm. And for the record, I think Raya, I think it's, it's a really great world building and mythology that they put in for this. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a little vague. Like, why is there dragons? Why is there magic stone? Blah, blah, blah. But I like the idea that they were once a united country that would, that lived in like this peaceful utopia with these magical dragons. And then these other bad spirits came in and, and screw that all up. And then as, yeah. a, as a result of that, you have a, an interesting psychological, uh, result of a fractured country. And it's a, yeah. and that's a relevant theme to teach to kids, you know, about what, you know, when your society is fractured ideologically or physically, um, how do you come back together when we're all, you know, busy yeah. deciding whose fault this is or who has the yeah, most yeah. resources or who's the most victimized. That yeah. was the strongest part of the movie to me was the, was the theme and the message. And it's yeah. so and on that level, I think it's good for kids to see this because that's, it's good to teach them, um, to think about those things. Sure. But when it comes to how enjoyable it is upon for repeat viewings. And if yeah. you want to start peeling the layers back and look a little more closely, it's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little either messy or undefined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think undefined is a good way to put it because, you know, you, you mentioned like, you know, these evil spirits, the drone, I think they're called yeah, something like that. Um, the drone are, you know, these, these things that just kind of like run over people and turn them into stone. But, but, where they come from, what they mean, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, like, like, how do they do what they do? How do we actually stop them? We know that they don't like water, but you know, it, it, it it's a little bit vague. Um, yeah. And and they have the very Moana esque uh, intro to the film, um, where it's like long ago to the heart of Tafiti, yeah. And and they're talking about all this stuff, um, and and even that feels more vague than Moana. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, um, for me though, the vagueness of the world or of the setting or of the, you know, whatever, uh, even the characters, um, it, to, to a degree is okay. Um, as long as the theme is well represented and I, I know what the theme is, but again, I don't feel like they did an adequate job to make me feel the theme. Like, yeah. I know it mentally. Yeah. But do I feel it inside out? Like like you mentioned Toy Story. Okay, the original Toy Story has, you know, this theme of like, hey, don't be don't be jealous of another uh another person who has skills like you are special and they are special and and they can you can be friends you don't have to you don't have to like prove yourself and become a villain in order to do that and 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 so like that's that's a good story and i know that that's the theme mentally but i also feel it because i i feel that relationship between woody and buzz I, i feel where it starts and i feel woody's jealousy and then I feel why he does what he does. And then I feel the two of them become friends. And then I feel the catharsis at the end when they uh, return home. And so like that's a theme that I know mentally, but I also feel in my bones. And and I feel like here it's like you're telling me the theme. You're telling me the theme. 
but I need to feel the theme. And that's where I'm talking about, you know, uh, really getting deep down with the characters and saying, now, now live the theme, like, like live it. And so really we see, okay, I'm trusting. And then she gets betrayed. And then she's like, I don't know, I guess I'm learning to trust, although I seem kind of trusting already because I'm letting these people, I'm relying on them, I'm jumping on this little kid's boat and trusting him to take me away from Namari. And it's like, okay, sure, you're not trusting, but you're kind of trusting. Yeah. And then, so it's like, it's just muddy. And and instead, I wish she had, I, I wish they had like lived that theme so that at the end, when she embraces this trust there was more of an emotion to it because I understand what they were trying to do, this coming together of Raya and Namari. And, but I didn't feel it. I just knew like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's where you go if you're writing this. Uh, but I didn't feel it. Now let, let me throw this on for size. Cause I was thinking like, well, to me, what makes this a, what would make this a, a more emotional film. And, and so let me, let me just pitch this out. Okay. Um, so very quickly, uh, the film, like the setting, everything's the same, but, but what I would do, I think instead is have Namari instead of being this, like, uh, like the twist at the beginning, like I'm a friend. Nope. I'm, I betray you. I would have her mother like force her to do that. So we don't know like Namari herself doesn't feel like a villain, but Namari is being used by her mother yeah. as a villain. Yeah. She's the and muscle. Then, she's an antagonist. Right. And so it's like, you need to do this because this is for your, you know, for our tribe or whatever. And so you do this now. Yeah. And, and she's like forced to now Raya doesn't see it that way. Raya sees it as a complete betrayal, but she doesn't see that Namari uh, like actually wanted to be friends with her. So all that would take is like Namari does what her mother asks. And then we have like a lingering shot where she, Namari looks back as they leave uh, you know, uh, Raya behind or, or whatever the case may be where it's like, ah, man, I like, we could have been friends, but my mom forced me to do this thing. Now what that does is it puts the audience in the, in the shoes that Namari is not a villain, but Raya thinks she is, but we know she's not. So that as the film progresses, Raya continually pushes Namari away because she doesn't trust her. She's been betrayed. We as the audience want her to trust her because we know she's good and she's trying. So instead of like, I'm hunting you down to kill you, it's I'm hunting you down to make things right. But Raya can't see it and we see it. And so then by the time the end rolls around and and Raya and Namari have this final thing that Raya's like, you know, essentially we're making Raya the villain and Namari not the villain. And, and Raya at the end has this change of heart and embraces Namari. That's what we, the audience have wanted this entire time is just give her another chance. She wants to be friends. And when finally they're friends, it's like, ah, yeah, there's that catharsis. Like I feel that, that, that weight being lifted because we knew all along that Namari was good. Now, in this, in, in as it's currently structured, Namari is presented as the villain, as the antagonist. But I'm proposing do the Toy Story method and have Woody be, you know, Woody kind of is antagonistic to Buzz and Buzz did nothing wrong. It's the same thing here. And maybe that's derivative, but, but, but 
I would have Raya be this kind of a jerk to Namari because Namari was the jerk first, but we know that Namari was forced to be the jerk and Namari's trying to make things right. Raya keeps pushing her away, thus exemplifying the theme of I don't trust people. And then when finally she does, it feels like you feel that. Um, That's how I would have structured the film, perhaps. Um, but, But, you know, there again... All I'm looking for in it is like to feel the emotion of that relationship, um, because that's the heart of the film. It's not Ryan Tuck Tuck. It's 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 the I just love saying Tuck Tuck. If you can't tell, Tuck Tuck Tuck. Alan Tudyk voices Tuck Tuck. Oh wow, Alan Tuck Alan Tudyk Tuck Tuck. Alan Tuck Tuck. So anyway, that's that's my pitch. Typoed his name on the call sheet and they said we should name the character this. Yeah, Alan Tuck Tuck. Alan Tuck Tuck. Oh, well, okay. There we go. We'll just do that. <laughs> I was wondering how they got him in this movie. That's how. He can't, he can't, that's the only way. He can't voice any of the other characters because they're all like. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yep. don't look you like him. You can't do it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So there's no pale redheaded tribe in, uh, in, <laughs> in Kumadra or whatever. Right. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's Ryan the Last Dragon. Um, yeah. That's our that's our thoughts on it. So, um, okay. Um, there's this quick little story on IGN. Um, just a quick little update, and I do mean quick. Um, about the Ray Fisher situation with 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 Warner Media. Ray Fisher mm-hmm. accuses DC Films executive of racially discriminatory conversations. So it's just an ongoing thing. Still, you know, this is still yeah. he's still insisting even after the the investigators came out and said. You know, we, we, you know, everyone's cooperated. He said he's, he's, he's still going. He's like, um, uh, what is it? So the to- Toby, Jeff, and John Berg were not ignorant of their biases. He's talking about Toby Emmerich, Jeff Johns, and, uh, the co president of production at WB. Uh, they understood full well that the racist rhetoric they chose to entertain in those meetings was offensive, discriminatory, and unacceptable. Furthermore, they dared not speak those things to me, nor any black person associated with the film, being Justice League. Instead, they chose the cowardly route of gaslighting, complete with extremely problematic requests, such as asking me to play Cyborg like Quasimodo and forcing a scene to be reshot so they could highlight the existence of Cyborg's penis. Um, so, so this Booyah. sort of stuff, <laughs> my man, uh, my manhood. Um, <laughs> Um, so this continues to be a, a terrible situation, um, yeah. that, that's not getting any better. Um, but, uh, at this point I want Ray Fisher just to do this forever. Um, because he has more power through Twitter than he apparently has as, as, as a 1099 employee of Warner, of Warner media. So, yep. uh, he has my blessing go forth and, uh, continue yep. to, to spill these very specific details that could be made up, but, I don't believe are made up at this point. Um, no. no. So, uh, yeah, we'll see about, we'll see about how that turns out. Again, people don't stake their entire career on a lie. Yeah. And, and, and also, uh, well, you might, but you're not going to be this consistent no. and this, it's not going to go on this long. Yeah. Like at a certain point, you're just going to put it behind you. Yeah. Yeah. No. But he's not putting it behind him. That makes me think it's, there's, there's something some there. To it. Yep. Yeah. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Every time a thing comes up, I read a whole article and it's like, not much has changed except they're, you know, he's continuing on. So it's like, all right, see where this goes. Yeah. They mentioned the article that like corrective action was taken. So it's like, 
why? Why do you have to take corrective action if you did nothing wrong? So yeah. I think Warner Brothers is starting, Warner Media is starting to like flinch a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, in this extreme game of chicken that they're playing with Ray Fisher. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, this brings me to my last little thing here. And this is a lesson, a little lesson for you all. If you're going to engage people on social media, I want to give you a, a quick little how-to to do this. So I'm not going to do everything. I'm not going to read you everything for verbatim because um, I, I don't, because I don't have it in front of me. Um, and it's not that important. So I was on Twitter and I was very sleepy and I was very um, moody and I was uh, reading all these people talking about how amazing the Snyder Cut's going to be, and it's just decided, it's been anointed, and all this stuff, you know, Dustin. So you know how I feel about all that, and you feel about all yeah. that. And, you know, I, I just don't like, from a philosophical standpoint, I just don't like confirmation bias. People want to believe that this movie is the second coming of Christ, or the third coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ was was Superman himself in the form of Henry Cavill. Sure. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, so uh, someone had, so I went into the, tw- I went to the trendings, you know, the, tr- what was trending was like rebuild the Snyderverse. And I was like, what are these oh, people talking Lord. about? And it was just this bevy of, you know, Zack Snyder fanaticism about rebuild the Snyderverse. And so I picked one and I was like, and I retweeted it or I quote the quote of the tweet because there were a bunch of screen grabs from, from other people on Twitter talking about, you know, um, they wouldn't, you know, they're, they're, they're lining up such and such thing. They wouldn't be talking about that if they weren't about to take action on it. Um, such, you know, just, 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 yeah. So, and one of them was one of them, Dustin was about some people sincerely pushing and saying that, um, that there's a, there's a large push. I don't know if you're aware for Zack Snyder and there's belief that there is a big push for it in, in within Warner media. So it borders on conspiracy or, or hearsay at this point, but there's okay. a big push and then, you know, there's a big push for a alleged big push for Zack Snyder to direct a third Wonder Woman film and not Patty Jenkins. Okay. So that was among the screen grabs. So I retweeted all this and I said something like this. I said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm now going to count the at Zack Snyder, um, um, Groupies, I think I said, um, I'm going to put them on par with Heaven's Gate. These tweets are, I said something like, you know, the one about Wonder Woman is especially hilarious. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's a few things wrong with that tweet. Mm -hmm. Does anyone want to guess what they are? What I did wrong? You engaged in the first place. Okay. I engaged in the first place. There are two specific things I did wrong if I was going to engage. The first thing I did wrong, not wrong, but not advisable if you want to have your character be unimpeachable. I tagged sure. the director. Mm. Didn't need to do that. And, you know. Like you added him or you hashtag? I added him. Okay. So there's that. Um, to be fair, I, I, I have a weird reflex against hashtags. Sure. And so it's just a ref- – whatever. I, I didn't – what. The other thing I did was mention a suicidal cult in the same the tweet where I tagged a man who's lost a child to suicide. Yeah, I think yeah. March is also Suicide Awareness Month. So I didn't okay. think about any of that before I sent that tweet. Right, the right. guy immediately responds to me, the dude, the, the, the tweeter person. Okay. And not Zack Snyder. Not Zack Snyder. Um, okay. And, you know... 
responds. I can't remember what his response was. I'm not going to read it. Um, but pretty much like, you know, pretty much calls me out for, you know, being, you know, how, like, you know, how, how dare you attack a person who lost it, you know, pretty much about the heaven's gate reference. And then he said, I'll stoop almost as low as you and say that if that kid in your picture is, if you're the father, then I feel real bad for that kid. You're a piece of shit. And I was like, well, you don't have to bring my son into this, you know, but but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, so when you look at it objectively, it's like, all right, so already I'm on shaky ground because I, there's a couple things I did that I didn't have to do to make my point. So sure. step one is, is, uh, consider context when you're engaging yeah. people. Yeah. Um, another person commented about that and said, look, look what he's going to do. I'd guarantee you the next thing he's going to do is he's going to say, Oh, the cultists found me. And the other guy mm-hmm. was like, yeah, guaranteed. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to extra hard, not do that now. And so instead right. I just said something like, I just sort of ignored the heaven gate, heaven's gate thing. And I was like, are you open to the possibility that this film won't be amazing? Yeah. And or something like, do you honestly think Zack Snyder should direct another woman, Wonder Woman and not Patty Jenkins? Mm-hmm. And so he said something like, well, when you consider that the biggest, uh, what was he, he? He said, when you consider the biggest um, thing that was wrong with Wonder Woman was um, uh, uh, something about like, you know, that they didn't have like Zack Snyder's like fight team, his stunt team or whatever. And, uh, you know, then then, yeah, so you would know that such and such and. Um, but yeah, I'm not engaging with you anymore cause you're a piece of shit and blah, blah, blah. you know, and I was like, and, and so another person commented like, it's real low to tag the director. Why'd you tag the director? Was it for attention? Grow up. And at that point I was like, all right, so I shouldn't have tagged the director, but mm. now I'm trying to ask substantive questions like, okay. And, I, and so I, I responded to that person. And I was like, not my finest tweet. However, what about you? Do you think that this film is going to be good no matter what, what will you do if it's not? Yeah. I never got answers from either of those people. They both told that, you know, the one guy didn't answer. The first guy was like, uh, sorry, I'm not going to gauge with you anymore. Um, blah, blah, blah about this. Um, you know, because, because of how the, whatever the comments you say. So I was like, okay, fine. So I deleted the tweet and then I told him, I said, okay, you're right. I didn't think about that. The tweet's gone. And you know, what I was implying was like, I don't want Zack Snyder to read that tweet and think about his tragedy. So I was like, I deleted the tweet because I didn't want to offend the director. And I ultimately decided that that was counterproductive to what I was doing. This is all a big cautionary tale. You can tweet whoever you want to tweet about your opinions, but there's a couple things you got to know. Would you intentionally engage a fanatical fan base? Mm-hmm. Um, pick a different cult. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, and when I, when I tweeted heaven's gate, the number one thing I thought about was, was, was specifically trying not to involve the Scientologists <laughs> and looking okay. back, I should have because, right. because there's no suicide implication. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. So there's that. So that was my in poor taste on Twitter, uh, over or earlier in the week. <laughs> and, uh, but I I learned a couple of things other than how not to begin this discourse, but also these people, this movie will be called great. And that's just the way it's going to be. And the rest of us just sort of have to live with it. It's it's, I I, I don't, I really dislike when people just decide outcomes, but it happens with art all the time. There's people on the Marvel side who do this. I don't want to talk about, you know, like, but, but, but the, I think you could objectively state that the fandom around this cut of this film is unique and, you know, more power to 
Zack Snyder. And honestly, I'm glad these people enjoy his movie so much. Glad somebody sure. does, you know, because sure. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, so I just wanted to give everyone a quick lesson in how, how to do yes. this. But, but my points, the, the substantive areas of my points stand and they were not met. I didn't get any satisfying answers. Sure. And I don't know what, if I had, if I had tweeted perfectly, I don't know if I would have gotten an answer. I might have just yeah. gotten ad hominem attacks. And yeah. I would have walked away going, well, those people are assholes. But I can't say that because I started by being an asshole and saying something, sure. unintentionally saying something that was bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't walk away from the exchange with anything other than, all right, well, that was about, that was about a, um, I think we about canceled each other out there. You know? Yeah, yeah like, right, right, I, right. I didn't get any answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, man. No, they, the, the, the Snyder cut folks are, are sold out to this cause and they have yes. been for a long time. And like, like I can understand the idea of like feeling a little bit gypped, like, yeah. Hey, I, 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 I thought we were getting this movie yeah. and we didn't get the, that movie that I wanted. Yeah. And, and so I want to rally behind the guy who could get me the movie that I wanted the yeah. whole time. I get that. What I don't understand is the it always comes down to story and character. Mm -hmm. And I don't get how anybody can be genuinely excited for this particular iteration of these characters. Yeah. Um, and that that to me is the most mind blowing thing. Now, having said that, I'm going to go ahead and put this on the podcast because um, if, if you've hung around this long, like you're a super fan, uh, I'm going to watch it. I think I don't I will. know. I don't I don't know if you're going to do I, it. I think I will, too. I feel yeah. like I owe it to <laughs> I feel like I owe it to somebody now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I am going to watch it and I am, I don't mean to, to, to take the wheel here, but I just, I feel like Do I have to put it out there. I, I, I am going to give it a fair shake because yeah. I felt about justice league perfectly. Even I didn't hate yeah. it. I didn't love it. I didn't feel like I saw it on a plane. So I didn't yeah. feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. Um, I was just like, okay, you know, you, it's not Marvel and it's not, I'm sorry. The Marvel film, most of the Marvel films are better than justice league. But the worst Marvel films are just as good as Justice League. They're they're or and it's it might be better than a couple of the early Marvel films, you know. But like the point is, like um, Justice League is a perfectly acceptable superhero film. Now I am what I expect. Here's the best case scenario, Dustin, that I can see happening with this film. I watch it. I enjoy the film itself more than the original cut. I enjoy the whatever being fleshed out or whatever this, this or extra scenes, extra character, whatever. But I feel like I'm going to walk away from it going, well, that was better, but it's, it's, you know, you can only, you only need to watch it once. Like, yeah. I feel like what I'm going to come away with is that that's my expectation while I'm going in with an open mind. I'm just put, I'm just putting the clues together. And I, I, my, my, my ballpark guesstimate for my, for my rating for this movie is going to be, well, that was better than the other one but it's twice as long and, yeah. and thus, um, it's a, I feel about the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I mostly agree. Like I feel like it, it's bound to be better just because it'll feel more cohesive. Yes. Um, but again, look, m my Superman and my Batman are not these, these characters. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Henry Cavill in the role. 
I don't like the way they use him. Yeah. Um, and and so we'll we can talk more about this. I'm going to try to watch it this weekend. I'm going to try to knock out all four hours between. I won't this be able to podcast do that. And the next one. We'll talk about it at some point because I, I won't be able to see it as quickly as you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. one of the things I've I've I, one of the observations about Zack Snyder's DC uh, presence is is particularly uh, and, it, and it's it's not mine, but I'll I'll. I'll um, reference it is that um he these are not the characters these are not the characters they're not um yeah. and he doesn't really care that they're not the characters what he cares yeah. about is the image he wants he he cares purely about the visual of seeing superman on the screen fighting doomsday for the cg to look crazy for the the earth to look scorched and for the colors to be muted and desaturated and somehow also hypersaturated somehow yes um yes i don't even know how that's possible um <laughs> I guess you just shoot it. Um, it's like spot color. You know, like when you shoot a film, like you shoot it, um, you shoot the high dynamic range so you can color correct it later. It's like he shoots yeah. it like that and he just like goes, let's just leave it like that. Um, yeah. So he- Just leave it great. Uh, but, but like, that's what he cares about. He cares about these yeah. paintings of these characters, but he does not really care that that they don't resemble the characters from the comics at all. And I'm not talking like Marvel with like, you know, maybe- updating characters or, 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 or punching them up or, or change them a little bit. These don't resemble those characters. They don't. I look at yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman. That doesn't feel like Batman to me. No. You know, Wonder yeah. Woman is at best a shell of what she was in her own original first film. Uh, the flash is totally wrong and we didn't see much of cyborg. Yeah. Or his penis. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I completely agree. I've long said I can find substance in every iteration of Batman. Yeah. There's not a single iteration that I dislike. I just like them for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and to varying degrees. But I do not like this Batman. Um, <laughs> I do not like it. And so for for that reason, I'm not excited yeah. for the Snyder Cut. No. But I am excited that a director who had a vision gets to yeah. gets to finish that vision yep. and see it released to an you, audience. You almost and I'm excited for the audience who's been excited for it to finally see it. But I, I mean, I'm not excited. Um, so I will see it out of like due diligence. Like, yeah. Well, let me do it. But it's not because I'm like, whether, oh, man. whether we like yeah. it or not, this film is already a part of the culture. And yeah. so whether we see the film or not, this is going to be a big part of what we talk about for years yeah. to come. And, yeah. and you know, if not for the film itself, then just for, I mean, this is an unprecedented idea. Like, you know, pretty much, I mean, other than like director's cuts existing, which I don't even know if the studio funds those or if those are funded by the directors half the time. Yeah. I guess it depends on the reason, but that, that was mostly around DVD sales. So now that DVDs aren't really a thing, you don't see director's mm -hmm. cuts anymore um, yeah. because there's yeah. no financial incentive to do so. So Correct. it's in a way, it's really cool that, that, that Warner media and HBO decided to give Zack Snyder $60 million to complete his vision. And in a way he's in a really sweet position other than, you know, what it took to get him there, you know, obviously, which is horribly tragic and, and I wouldn't wish on any person um, and not even, but look at what after it, like separate, separate things. But um, what he is being given is a very coveted um, opportunity for a director who 
wasn't able to finish their vision was what if not only were you allowed to finish your vision, we'll give you a huge budget. We'll give you a, you know, a mid range budget of amount of money to do reshoots, to do more CG, to, you know, just to to do more production on it. And you have the benefit of hindsight. You can go online and read and look at people. You can talk, you can, you can see what the audience thought. You can see what professionals thought, what Warner, you you have the benefit of hindsight to revise this film to, to meet as many expectations as possible, which I hope it's not what he's doing. I hope that he is finishing his vision. I want him to listen to the market about what was wrong with justice league and give me a movie. I want to see, yeah. But for his sake, I want Zack Snyder, the director, to do whatever the fuck he wants and and give me the movie that he wanted to show me in the first place. Even yeah. if that movie is going to be terrible. That's yeah. what I want him to do for him. Yes. Yeah, I, I always say... I want imagine people to pick if, up on the nuance of that opinion. I want yeah. him to give me a terrible film if that's the film he wants to give me. It is up to sure. him. I yeah, just, yeah, I'm exactly. pretty confident that if he were to do that, I wouldn't respond well to it. Nevertheless, right. I want him to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with, 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 with as open a mind as I can have and with extreme caution. Sure. Sure. So, because I don't want, look, I've got, I've got a good Superman on TV right now. Right. So I don't have anything to lose at this point. No. No. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like my heart's going to get trampled on again, uh, because I got, I've got my good Superman and I'll have a good Batman again one day. I had 10 free minutes the other day. Matt Reeves. And so I pulled out Infinity War on my phone and I just watched it for 10 minutes. And I was, it was wherever I left off the last time I had 10 minutes to myself and I'm just watching it going like every single scene is great. Every single scene sure. in this movie is great and engaging yeah. and looks great. And it's on, it's on key for the characters. And I'm just like, so I have that. That's my little safe haven with, yeah, look, yeah. I can always just go watch the Avengers films if I really dislike a, a, a superhero movie so much. Sure. After, sure. after I watched Captain Marvel, I was like, Ugh, and I went home and watched Inf- Infinity War again. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh, I was like showering. No, 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 no. Yep. After I saw Batman vs Superman, <laughs> I started buying comics again because I, because I needed to fix. That's how far like, you ran into the arms of the source material. <laughs> yeah, I literally, like I saw Batman vs Superman in the theaters and had like these high expectations. Like, look, I liked Man of Steel, didn't love it, right? Right. I, I, I've since soured on it a yeah. lot, but but in the moment, I liked it, didn't love it. And then and then what ended up happening is like I go into Batman vs. Superman with these high expectations and I'm watching the film <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like eyes glazed over, yep. a single tear. And like, <laughs> and like as soon as it's over, I'm like, oh, I got to start getting comics again. And I go to the comic store and I'm just like Superman and Batman books. You're, and you're, that's what I did. Your wife has come. So I'm like, Dustin, and I bought the, oh, what are you doing? And you're like, you're like trying to step into the comic books, like trying to get in. Why won't they there. accept me? <laughs> I just want to live in Metropolis. Yeah. You're opening. Is that too much? Like what's this, like uh, Eddie Redmayne's briefcase and uh, <laughs> like, uh, yes. closing it on yep. your head. Please take, <laughs> take me. Yes. I forgot his name. <laughs> right. Eddie, uh, Eddie Redmayne. Uh, 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 Newt, Newt, Newt. I almost said Newt Gingrich. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a fantastic beast. Here, <laughs> here, tell that Newt Gingrich also had a fantastical uh, magic briefcase <laughs> full of bills. <laughs> 
Actually, yeah. was it the 47 point? Now we're getting into like political trivia. There was like the 47 points or something that he released. I was like, here's how we argue. And I don't think that went too well. Anyways, uh, Newt, Newt Gingrich's Scamander, um, yes. Warner Brothers, which is Warner Brothers film, Justice League. Wow, I'm tired. <laughs> yep, that was that was that was like a segue that didn't go anywhere. No, halfway through I was like, you know, when like you're writing something and you're like, how are we gonna get through this scene? Like they're on like a train car. Like how are they gonna? And you're like, you know what? I need to go to bed. How about they just fly? And you just, the rest of the scene is just they can fly <laughs> right. now. Everyone flies. We go home. The end. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's what I just did yep. with that analogy. Or you do what I do. I I, I was writing something recently. And, um, and I was writing an action sequence and then I, I, there's like a moment where I change locations in the middle of the action sequence mm-hmm. and introduce a couple new characters. And, and the only scene description in that scene was chase scene, new and improved chase scene now with a hundred percent more police. <laughs> and, and, and that's all I wrote. And I was just like, I, I can't get any more detailed than that at this point. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I haven't done any. I haven't done any like scene writing lately. I've just been research. I think we're probably yeah. talking about the same thing, aren't we? Yeah. Probably, okay, probably. we're probably talking about the same thing. Yeah. So I've been I've been in the research phase yep. of, that, of that project. It's been fun. Anyways, yep. we'll tell you all about that one day, maybe. Um, one day. That's a deep tease. That's the deepest tease we've ever deeped. That's true. On this show. All right. Uh, as for this show, we're signing off for the night. We're off next week. Uh, I'll be back uh, the week after that. Maybe by then we will have watched this movie. It's going to take me about that time to, to watch it. But uh, we'll see. got too much going on next week, so we can't do a show. Uh, so we will uh, be back after that. So enjoy next week off. Do something. Do a tech Sabbath. Something like that. Hey, there you go. Yeah. All right. Black Mirror Sabbath. There you go like that all right (laughs) good night (laughs) good night everybody